Welcome, welcome back to DB and the Heeb. You got myself, DB, down here in Houston, Texas. And as always, the Heeb is up in Denver, Colorado. You got what a up? Not much, man. How's your night going? Doing pretty well. Except the Astros dropping that game against the Rockies. Not a, not a good situation. Not a good look for them. One of the worst teams in baseball. We're going to touch on a little baseball as we move up here. We got a good show for everyone tonight. We are going to touch on some NFL. We got our NFL football picks for the AFC and the NFC South. Go over MLB baseball, our playoff predictions for the NL. Talk some open championship. And that'll pretty much do it for the people tonight. But uh, yes, if we sir. want to yes, get them sir. started, we already teased with some baseball. So let's just go right with it, man. You want to go into a little bit of our MLB playoff predictions for the NL? Sure. 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 Absolutely. I think we did the AL last week or last last episode, I mean. Uh, Let's just dive right in to where the NL standings look right now. In the NL, we've got the Atlanta Braves just rolling over everybody. I think it'll probably – it's going to be my World Series favorite. It's probably yours as well. They just look so dominant. So – I guess we'll just start out here in the East. I think they're going to take the East. I see maybe the Phillies or the Marlins ending up with a wild card there. I think it's going to end up being the Phillies. They're going to catch – they're tied with the Marlins currently, but I think they will end up surpassing the Marlins. In the rest of the division, there's nobody who's going to do anything. The Nationals and the Mets are terrible. They're not even in the conversation. What do you think about the East yourself, Heapster? Yeah, I think it's a one-man race for the uh, for the NL East. Obviously, uh, Atlanta Braves look like the team to beat. Look like World Series favorites. Honestly, their pitching is just uh, a lot to handle. Uh, I would say Atlanta Braves, and I agree with you. I think the Philadelphia Phillies get their stuff together, and uh, they end up in a wild card there uh, over the Miami Marlins. I think they fall off a little bit. So, we agree on that. Interestingly enough, I also think the Braves are going to be a team to be there for years to come. We might see a 90s Braves run. They've got a lot of their players locked up for Yeah, I think I think six, I think the Braves years. are are uh, if they don't make the World Series, it's definitely a failure in my opinion. I think that's the floor. They need to make the World Series this year. Um obviously that's high expectations, but uh with the pitching that they've got and uh, their bullpen seems to be pretty solid. I think the uh, the Atlanta Braves, uh, it's World Series or bust, at least get there. So, NL pennant or bust. I couldn't agree with you more. It makes kind of the rest of our picks a little less exciting. But as we all know, once you get into the postseason, anything can happen. And anything probably will happen. So, even though we got the Braves as our favorite, there's no guarantees they make it. That's the beauty of sports. There's never a guarantee. Uh, let's just move down to the Central Division. I, for some reason, see the Milwaukee Brewers slipping away with their current lead and the Cincinnati Reds taking it. Kind of changes a lot. I think the Brewers or the Reds end up also as a wild card team. And I'll take the Brewers as the wild card team and the Reds to win the division. Uh, I, I don't see the Cubs making the comeback. St. Louis Cardinals, not there. 
and the Pittsburgh Pirates, we love the way they started out this year. They were really hot. They were leading the division for a while. I love Pittsburgh. The beloved Bucks are not making it to the fall classic. It's just not happening. So do you have it, DB? Do you have the uh, Milwaukee Brewers taking the division? Or... I have them finishing second and sliding okay. into a wild card. I have the Reds and Ellie Dela Cruz taking the division. He's been the best thing to watch in baseball in the last, what, month or so? Yeah. And just amazing what he's been doing. I, I don't really have the words for it. I tend to agree with you. I believe the Cincinnati Reds will take that division and the Milwaukee Brewers will end up as a wild card as well. So uh, I guess two out of two, two out of two, we, we agree for once in, in, uh, in this program that uh, both those divisions NL seems to be a little anticlimactic these days, but Cincinnati, I believe will take the uh, NL central and uh, Milwaukee Brewers will make the playoffs in a wild card. I really, I, I don't like it as much when you agree with me. I think you're I more you're you're a little more fun when you disagree with me. I get to great city, but here's where we come into play. We've already each picked four teams, so there's only two teams left, and this is a tight race. I'm taking the Dodgers to win the division. I'm going to keep everything in California and go with the Giants, who are currently one and a half games back of them, finishing second and take the last wild card spot that I have available. So this is where me and you differ a little bit. Uh, I would say that I believe that the Giants are going to take that division. I think they're going to take over the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have been so dominant for so long. I think this is finally the year that San Francisco is able to get up without the superstar. And then I think they will add a superstar type of player in the offseason to kind of get them over the top, to get them into a real contention for the uh, postseason. Obviously, this is a little um, contentious on what happens with the trade deadline and whatnot. I would not totally be – I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility that we could see three teams out of the AL West come through and maybe one of those teams in the NL Central not quite making and cutting the mustard. Maybe the Milwaukee Brewers, in my opinion, might fall out of contention and we might have three teams in the AL West. But I will, at this moment, go with LA and San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco taking the division and the Los Angeles Dodgers being that second team out of the AL West. But it would not surprise me to see the Arizona Diamondbacks end up in the playoffs, knocking off the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, I think there's moves to be made. You know, we'll know more in a couple of weeks. And uh, so I, I, I want to have the ability to revise my predictions in the NL here. Uh, you want to be able to revise them once the trades happen? Once the trades happen. I think this is one of those situations where teams are so clogged up together uh, that I, I, could, I could see three teams in the AL West, Arizona in particular, making it into the playoffs. Uh, I do think LA and San Francisco are going to make the playoffs out of the AL West, but I can't uh, believe you're going to put a caveat on your picks. So you get to be able to revise them. I'm going to give you your revision. I might hold you to your original picks a little bit as well. I think two teams out of each division is a little too uh, generous. Um, too generous. Yeah, I, I think it's we 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 could have some fireworks. These teams are all in the trade deadline um, conversation on what they're going to add. 
Uh, watch out for the San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants might add something. I mean, they, they're my pick right now to win the AL or the NL West. Um, I think they get it done over the Dodgers. Uh, I uh, I think Arizona could slip in there at the third team wild card and be competing with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. But right now, I would say that I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves, Philadelphia Phillies, Cincinnati Reds in the Central, Milwaukee Brewers squeaking in there, and then we're going to go with San Francisco in the West and uh, Los Angeles picking up that, uh, not the final wild card spot because they have a better record. I'd agree with you. The Brewers are probably going to be the last seed. That was quick, and we agreed there pretty much on everything. You want to get into NFL, or you want to get into the Open? I kind of personally want to hold the Open till the end. It's kind of fun for me uh, being such a big golf guy. Why don't you take the pick? Yeah, I think uh, let's get into some NFL. We're going to be doing a lot more of that as we move forward. Obviously, NFL rules all. Let's go with the AFC South and the NFC South. AFC South, I see the Jacksonville Jaguars taking the division, um, followed by the Tennessee Titans. I think it's going to be a close race. But uh, Tennessee will end up number two in that division, followed by the uh, Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts uh, holding up the rear. I just don't think Indianapolis has the uh, talent at QB. I think it's asking for too much as far as their new QB that they've got uh, and taking out. And plus, I'm a big C.J. Stroud guy. I think C.J. Stroud is one of the most NFL-ready quarterbacks that came out of the draft this year. I know Ohio State has not had the greatest uh, track record with putting out good NFL QBs, but I think this guy's different. He reminds me a lot of – uh, Dak Prescott a lot. I think he's poised. I think he has, uh, he's more mobile than Dak. And uh, I think he's a really, really accurate quarterback. And I think that's going to go a long way uh, to putting Indy uh, or for uh, putting Houston in that third spot, beating the very, very raw quarterback that they drafted out of Florida this year. So I think it's going to take some time to see him develop. Yeah, man, I do agree with you. I think Anthony Richardson's going to take a little extra time to develop. He was down at Florida last year. He's their first-round pick. He's an SEC guy, but I just think it's going to take him a little time to get into the offense. Jonathan Taylor will be healthy, but there's not much else around him, personally, that I think that's going to make him a great quarterback in year one. C.J. Stroud's going to be the better quarterback. I still think they're both right around the same win total kind of fighting back and forth, almost for the last spot in the division, but the Texans squeak it out. Neither team ends up with a winning record and probably pretty bad losing records if you want another truth. But I agree with you at the top, too. I do think the Jags and Trevor Lawrence he squeak it out against the Titans. Just don't see the Ryan Tannehill Titans making it. I, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we're both wrong at the end. He does have DeAndre Hopkins, and he's got King Henry running behind him. And that line is going to do just enough to get Henry some holes. That's all he needs. He's big. He's powerful. He wins a game or two for you every year. So I wouldn't be surprised if this division comes down to the last game of the season. And if this division comes down to the last game of the season, there is a couple of division games out there. It would be pretty fun to watch, and I think there'll be some fireworks towards the end. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Tennessee Titans are a very, very intriguing team. We'll see how long Ryan Tannehill keeps on, uh, keeps that starting quarterback position. 
Uh, I mean, things could go south really quick for uh, the Tennessee Titans, depending on how they start. Uh, I do have them picked second. So I do see Ryan Tannehill and Will uh, and Ryan Tannehill actually keeping that starting job for most of the season. Uh, but depending on how that season starts, I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be tam- tamering for uh, Will Levis, uh, especially if they start out, you know, 0 and 2. That's what happens whenever you got a, a, a high draft pick as a rookie quarterback sitting behind a established starter like Ryan Tannehill. Man, I got a quick question for you about Will Levis. Yes, sir. So Will Levis came from Kentucky. He doesn't have a huge track record of winning a whole lot, right? He's just kind of – Kentucky's kind of a middle-of-the-road team, even though they're <clears> in the <throat> SEC. How do you feel somebody who was a proven winner in college going to the NFL and somebody who was a middle-of-the-road quarterback? Do you feel like you would rather draft the winner or you would – you're okay with the big upside for the middle of the road QB? It's a good question, DB. Um, I see that. I think, I think it actually makes a big difference as far as uh, whether you're winning in college more than what it used to. Um, Will Levis, in, in, just looking back at some of his games and some of his film that I've watched, you know, leading up to the draft, it seems that Will Levis kind of willed his team to be better than what he was at Kentucky in the SEC. I know they weren't great, but a lot of the wins that they had seemed like it was on Will Levis's shoulders. So I, I, I could see that Will Levis, uh, Tennessee, that, that's one of those teams that, that, that I think they're in a good enough situation. They have a good enough offensive line, but if they start out slow, that they throw Will Levis in the fire, and then, you know, who knows what happens. The guy could take off. He's very athletic. He's got a big arm. He reminds me a lot Josh Allen a little bit. Uh, not quite as big and mobile, but he's very mobile. Will Levis is very mobile. He's not quite as big. And I think you're going to see uh, that Will Levis could do some things on, on the ground with his legs. I can see that. I can see that plays. Yeah. Extend some plays, and uh, his arm's good enough. So if the Tennessee Titans struggle early, I definitely could see them competing for the division uh, with a rookie quarterback, uh, and then some of the more heralded rookie quarterbacks in the AFC South that we mentioned on earlier with C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson just not having the talent around them. Uh, Tennessee's set to win. They, they, they have the guys around them. It reminds me a lot of – uh, kind of whenever Dak came in the league a little bit. I know I keep going back to that, but uh, having the ability to have a run game and Tennessee has that and they have the offensive line that they could put a rookie quarterback in there. And uh, if he's able to make enough plays th- that he could have some success. I don't see the upside with Ryan Tannehill right now. We know what he is. He's been in the league long enough. He's been in there for 12 years. Like we said, He's grandfathered in as the SEC quarterback being from A&M. But Will Levis is probably your bigger upside because we don't really know what he is at the NFL level. We saw what he can do at the college level. I'm not 100% sold that he's going to be your guy. Tannehill's going to take it. If Tannehill stays healthy, I think he'll be their QB, and I think – their schedule will allow him to win enough games at the beginning for him to stay in as quarterback. And if he gets him in a playoff hunt by midseason, because that's when we got to start talking about playoffs, 
he will stay as the quarterback and picking up Hopkins and just having Henry. That's all it's going to end up to. But I anyway, think I think I think what everybody's really asking about, though, DB, is uh, who's got the hotter girlfriend and wife slash wife whenever it comes to Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill. Like, who who is Will Levis putting out there? We saw in the BNFL draft have a couple a uh, couple dimes sitting next to him. Is he able to compete with uh, Ryan Tannehill's wife? Uh, I think that's uh, that, that, that's the more interesting question of uh, as far as the wags and the NFL. Uh, who, 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 who's hotter, Will Levis's, uh, wh- whoever he brings to the stadium, or uh, Ryan Tannehill? What, what is Ryan Tannehill's uh, wife's name? Uh, he, I know she was uh, mentioned on Hard Knocks. Lauren Tannehill. Lauren Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, she's not the girlfriend anymore. She's not the she's not the girlfriend anymore. I think she's the definitely the wife. Like, who are you taking on that deal? So, who, who, who's hotter, Ryan Tannehill's wife and Lauren Tannehill, or whoever Will Levis shows up at the stadium this week? Uh, funny enough, I didn't even think about that or notice, but I just googled that real quick, and Will Levis's girlfriend lands major endorsement deal is the first title, and she's pretty hot. I, I might take it as a coin flip. Lauren Tannehill looks good here. They've been married for a long time, but uh, it could be a coin flip. Yeah, it's always funny to to bring that up. I mean, we know these, uh, especially whenever you're coming out of the SEC, I know that uh, Ryan Tannehill is a little grandfathered in with uh, what Texas A&M did. But uh, that's one thing you can you can count on is if you're an SEC quarterback, you're, uh, you're definitely going to have your options whenever it comes to women. You get a little Southern Bell, man. You get a little Southern Bell on your arm. Absolutely. Heart. Absolutely. Probably both blonde, so I don't know where Vegas lays that down. Uh, Tannehill's wife is blonde. Will Levis, his girlfriend, is a brunette. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to keep track because he had so many of them uh, while he was waiting in the green room to get drafted. So I think some of those, were, like that, was his sister and maybe his mom. It, there was something about that too, but hey, spread it around to each their own. You know, who, who he had two days of doing the green these room. days. Oh, wait. Yeah, he had two days in the green room, didn't he? Because he was a second-rounder? Yep. yep, second-round pick. So he, he, he waited on the couch for a while. So that's why, that's why they, had so, you know, they had so many girls coming in and out on that couch uh, during that first day of the uh, NFL draft. I think the best – well, it might be the worst, but the best draft day girlfriend story is still Christian Wood from the NBA. He doesn't get drafted. And his girlfriend breaks up with them within 24 hours. We can't hurt her for that. However, uh, I think Christian Wood has uh, landed a contract that's pretty good. She she probably is regretting that decision, depending on uh, who she ended he's, up with. He's made about $100 million in the NBA. That might not have been her best decision or moment, but I'm sure he's gotten some texts from her. Christian Wood has, has, has not quite made that $100 million mark, by the way, just to – just to throw it out there, uh, he was about a three-year, $41 million contract uh, with the Houston Rockets whenever he signed. I think he's still on that contract now. He has not made $100 million. But, hey, $41 million. What are we talking $41 about? $41 million is nothing to scoff at. I mean, it's something I definitely would take at the quickie mark down, down the street. If anybody wants to pay me for, uh, for throwing hoops, uh, $41 million, we'd do hey. it. We, uh, Christian Wood certainly isn't getting paid for his defense. We'll, we'll just leave that. Leave that to the uh, the peanut gallery to talk about because uh, the defense definitely has something to to be desired. Let's uh, let's get back on topic here. Yes, sir. 
let's move over. We've got the Atlanta Falcons. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South. And let's make a little bit of our predictions there. Uh, I'll roll with it. I do think for some reason New Orleans with Derek Carr is going to come out on top of that division and a division winner in a playoff spot. I really am not confident in that at all. I wouldn't be surprised if Desmond Ritter or Desmond Ritter from Atlanta basically has his real rookie year. He was hurt most of his rookie year. He's a kid out of Cincinnati when Cincinnati was just full beast mode and they were they looked great for a couple of years under him at center. He's got a couple of receivers and a big tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak sneak out the division. But I'm, I'm going with Derek Carr in New Orleans to take the division. Atlanta number two. And as we all know, there's dumpster fires at the bottom of that division in Tampa Bay in Carolina. Tampa Bay, just because they have Godwin and Mike Evans, is going to come out third there. Baker Mayfield will find a way to get touchdowns with them. And Bryce Young is going to have a tough first year. They did get DJ Moore in the offseason in a trade from Chicago when Chicago moved up to get the number one pick. But I just don't think – I don't see Bryce Young doing anything to get them out of last place in their division, back up towards the top of the draft board, probably another top five, top six pick. How do you feel about it, man? So I'm going to go with uh, the New Orleans Saints to take that division. Absolutely. I think the Falcons will make a valiant effort to try to uh, take that division. Uh, They've got a hell of a running game. Their offensive line is very nice. But uh, I think at the end, Derek Carr sticks it to the Oakland – or actually the Las Vegas Raiders uh, for letting him go. I mean, uh, I was very surprised that the Oakland Raiders – or that the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders decided to part ways with Derek Carr. I don't think you just let go of quarterbacks like that. Uh, I don't think that was their problem. I think Derek Carr really does take uh, New Orleans to the next step. Uh, They had a pretty solid team. Their defense is uh, uh, manageable. So I think the Saints take that division and then followed up by the Falcons. The Falcons have a hell of a running game. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see if the Falcons ended up on top of that division either, but I'm going to pick them second. Uh, with the, the Panthers trading up to number one overall to take Bryce Young, I think that uh, they'll finish third in the division, and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will end up last where they really should be and relegated to last where they should have been for the last couple of years, except for with Tom Brady actually coming to save the day. I think it's too much to overcome, too much to replace that kind of a quarterback. I think the Bucks finish last. So uh, my picks are going to be the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, since we only differ on one thing, I, I'm going to jump into that. Sucks that we don't differ at the top. That's a little more fun. I would say this. I see Tampa Bay probably being a little bit better. Tom Brady, this is what people are not going to like to hear, but Tom Brady – was old I'm a huge Brady guy he's the best quarterback of all time but he was a little bit old couldn't move you do have Baker Mayfield that can move and with Tampa having Godwin and Mike Evans 
I wouldn't be surprised if they don't finish last in the division. Like I said, I'm picking them third. I wouldn't be shocked to see Baker Mayfield have a decent year with those receivers. He can move a little bit more than Brady could. Brady was pretty stuck in the pocket. Let's be honest, when you're that old, it doesn't you don't move as well. He's the best quarterback that we've ever seen. But at his age, you just don't move that well with your legs anymore. And I think May- Baker Mayfield has a little bit more in his legs, might be able to extend a play just a little bit longer to get one of those two all-pro wide receivers the football. So that would be my only thing that I'd differ on you for. I got to disagree with you somewhere this evening. Fair enough. I just don't – I can never get behind a Baker Mayfield-led offense. Uh, I've really struggled with that. Uh, I have not really – I don't think he has the poise. I don't think he has the maturity. I don't think he ever has had the maturity to be able to do it. I realize that Cleveland is not the best place to actually be developed as a quarterback. But uh, I just don't see it with him. Uh, I understand the mobility aspect of things. I just think the decision-making and uh, his inability to get the ball out quick enough, uh, I don't see uh, him having that much success in Tampa Bay, in all honesty, even with the weapons that he has, which he does have uh, some really good weapons. The problem is I agree with you. I just really want to disagree with you. So I'm just playing devil's advocate for you. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we're picking we're picking the, uh, the, the almost last place team, and that's what we're differing on. I promise that I'm sure we'll differ on other divisions, but it seems to be that this is uh, this is us agreeing these days. <laughs> it is, and to be honest with you here, these are two of the worst divisions in football. We They each have two really bad teams that just aren't there yet, so we're really only picking the top two teams. The Jaguars came out as the clear-cut favorite in their division, and then New Orleans with Derek Carr and the talent they have with Olave still at running back there is Allen Kamara. It's just hard to go away from those two teams. It could go two different ways. I mean, uh, every year you've got some teams that uh, are really bad from the year before that uh, end up making a surprise. You know, it, it, it's hard to pick. The NFL is wide open, obviously. That's what we love about the NFL is that uh, teams can change the parity in the NFL – I mean, you could look up, you know, one score games, how many teams lost by one score. And, uh, you know, uh, it could be flip-flopped very easily. So that's what we love about the NFL is that it's uh, unpredictable and that uh, a couple of these teams on the bottom could move their way into the uh, middle echelon of teams and uh, surprise some people. I'd agree. The Titans would be that team. I almost want to take them just so we're going against you. But like you said, that three-point games, one-score games, that is what's common in the NFL. And for everybody out there who likes to throw a little money on the NFL, one of your big locks, quote-unquote locks for this season, look for your double-digit division road dogs. Normally, division games are not decided by more than 10 points. So if they're on a ro- they're on the road, that's usually where the ten point difference comes in. But anytime you see a double di- double digit division dog, you should put a, sprinkle a little bit out there on them. Okay, just put a little bit out there, and we'll see how it comes back for you. I'll be doing that this season, and I'll let you know how it works for me. He's going to make the roster. He's going to be a bench player for us, and he's going to be solid as training camp comes. And we get closer to the season, 
we'll talk about it more. But like I said, I think it's enough summer league for the people. What do you think? I can never get enough of summer league, and I could dote upon people all day. If we had, if we just had Eamon Thompson, we would have came away with a ring. I'm telling you. <laughs> but, <laughs> do uh, they get a ring for summer league? They what do they actually. They, they they actually do get a summer league ring. I, I actually saw that whenever I was eating dinner, uh, and I was actually shocked. I tried to take a picture of it whenever uh, whenever I uh, I saw this whenever I was eating eating lunch. I was like, oh, the Rockets have a chance at a ring. You know, I thought it would be a funny thing. But I wasn't able to snap the picture quick enough, and uh, uh, obviously I wasn't at home. So, uh, but I thought it was funny, and it actually said NBA Summer League on the side. Uh, I don't know how many guys actually like <laughs> like flex that actually like we won an NBA Summer League title. But it's uh, all it's solid sterling silver, bro. It's definitely solid. It'll turn your it'll turn your finger green. That's for sure. I can't think that that thing is actually real gold, <laughs> but. Um, you know, summer league, it is what it is. I think, I think the summer league is, is getting closer a little bit now with all the, uh, with all the other leagues that you have, you got the, uh, the D league that some of these young guys play in. And then the, uh, um, the league that, uh, Eamon Thompson and Ashuri Thompson came through the, uh, uh, OTC elite, uh, or OT elite overtime elite, I believe it is. Um, these yeah. leagues are getting better. I mean, uh, college basketball is really falling by the wayside a little bit. You're going to see less and less players that are actually going to college these days. Even though you can get in the NBA earlier, uh, it seems to be that some of these some of these players in uh, overtime elite, like Eamon Thompson, I think he's around 20 years old. I mean, Cam Whitmore, he went to college one year, and he just turned 19. Yeah, so, man, I totally disagree with you there. Really? These those leagues are paying you about a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand. The boosters think you can get your team to the tournament. You can probably make three, four hundred thousand dollars, and you don't have to be even an NBA caliber player at that time. You might end up staying for two or three years because you might end up making a million dollars being there. So I do think the NIL has changed that. Uh, I would have agreed with you two years ago that we were going to see more of these players doing that. But now with NIL, I don't think so. You could go to Duke. You're not Duke's boosters and North Carolina's boosters, Indiana, Michigan. Uh, I'm just naming off schools randomly and I'm trying to hit different points of the country. How about USC? These boosters are going to pay these kids NIL money and they can even sign with Nike, Puma, Adidas, they can get their shoe deal right out of the gate. So I do think we're going to see a little bit of influx in college and a couple guys staying maybe a year or two longer just to try and go from second to first round. Or, hey, I think I'm going to be a D-League player. I, I'm going to try and just get that contract. I'm going to make 200000 in the D-League. I'm going to make 400000 in NIL. So I do think that. And then you're a bigger face to America when you're in college basketball because college basketball is going to be broadcast on ESPN. It's going to be broadcast on CBS. You have everybody's broadcasting college basketball. I just feel those NIL deals at that point in time are going to be more lucrative to the player. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, DB, I, I, I don't see a resurgence in college basketball at all. I think mean, if you look through the draft, 
you're looking at, uh, let's take this year's draft, for instance. Uh, I mean, you had Brandon Miller that went number two. But uh, after that, the, the next pick out of college was uh, Anthony Black with the Magic at number six. Uh, I just don't see the payoff for some of these guys. I agree with you that uh, you definitely could have a resurgence with, with uh, some of the exposure uh, to be able to do it. But a lot of these guys don't, don't look at themselves as the number three, number four, number five player in the league. They all think they're going to be the best. They think they're good. they have a chance at it. And uh, I think it's shown over the last couple of years that uh, college just doesn't really have the payoff that uh, what it used to. I think a lot of these leagues are catching up to uh, some of the competition in the uh, NCAA. Yeah, man, I disagree with you on that, but we've exhausted the summer league, the NBA, everything there. As we get closer to the season, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's get into the Open Championship. You ready for this? Open championship, let's do it. Last major of the year. We always look forward to this, getting up at, uh, you know, 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, nothing like watching golf at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning in, uh, in the U.S. It's a great thing. We're just coming off of Wimbledon. It's nice to be able to get up early in the morning to watch some of these matches. And, uh, uh, you know, so it continues with the Open Championship. Last major of the year. Uh, let's see how it goes. It's a long time from uh, from now until uh, April in, uh, with Augusta. The first holiday of the year, Augusta National, man. That's right. <laughs> Fire up the private jets because they all roll in there. Who do they ever. But that is the story for another day. Today it's going to be the Open Championship. The Open Championship to me is awesome. I love it. It's a completely different style course. Is completely different from what we get. So you get back-to-back weeks with the Scottish and then the Open with the Link style. None of us really see the Scottish. Everyone watches the Open, right? So there's this course was last played in 2014, and Rory had won. And the previous winner at this course was going to be Tiger Woods. So we've got a couple of huge names that have won it the last two times here in Royal Liverpool, and this year, I don't think Rory takes it. There's been some adjustments to the golf course. It's not the same golf course when he won. There's going to be some fun holes that we're going to get into, but I don't want to blow my load and tell you who the pick is that I have right now, but do you want to give us your pick? So oh, I was... Absolutely, I'll give you my pick. My pick is none other than Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy is a beast. He is a monster. This golf course is set up for him to win. He's won here before. Uh, he is the favorite, and I'm going to roll with him. I think it's time. Rory McIlroy is way too talented to go this far without winning another major. I believe Rory McIlroy gets it done. I think the putter is going to get hot. I think it's going to happen. I think it's time. He's focused. He's, he's in the zone I know you hate to hear this, DB, but Rory McIlroy is going to get it done. I don't hate to hear it. I'm just not the biggest Rory guy in the world. So I know I'm going to say that forever. I'll always say it. I really would like to see Brooks Kepka win it. I, that was going to be my pick until I saw what his pairing is. And he's got both Patrick Cantlay, which I find pretty funny, and Hideki Matsuyama, two of the slower players in golf. During the Masters, Brooks Kepka was pretty irritated with Patrick Cantlay. 
Brooks Kepka gets pretty irritated with anybody who has slower pace of play. And he's even recommended that we start penalizing people. I am going to go with Cam Smith in a playoff. I think it's time that we see a back-to-back major winner. I think his (laughs) game fits it. He's from Australia. He plays these style of courses. The rain is going to be out. And I'm taking a big pick here and going Cam Smith. i probably going to look bad at the end Boy. of this. But I'm going to take Cam Smith to win it all, and I'm going with a playoff. We haven't had many playoffs in majors lately. Let's get that four-hole aggregate playoff, and let's go. And that's what I want to see. So I'm going to take a pick for what I want to see. Obviously, he's going with the live golf, Cam Smith. Uh, he's already told all of his mates, you know, because that's what he says. His mates, he uh, he already told them that, uh, you know, chug as many beers as you want through this thing because, uh, you know, you don't have to chug that many because uh, it's going to be back with me. He's already told his friends that he is going to win and go back to back. I do not see that happening at all. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Smith does not finish in the top 10. I really, 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 really disagree with you here. He's a, he's a great putter. And uh, he seems to be in uh, very good form. But uh, I, I cannot roll with Cam Smith uh, at all at this point. Um, I think there's a better opportunity possibly for uh, even uh, somebody like Scotty Scheffler, even John Rahm to win this thing over Cam Smith, in my opinion. But I respect your uh, your love for the, uh, the guy down under. But uh, I don't see it happening. I, I don't see it happening, mate. You know what? I'm glad you don't. I do. You're you're going with Rory. Rory's the betting favorite. I I think Rory does end up in the top five. Rory's my just, guy. He's my guy. He's going to just miss the playoff. I feel like John Rum or Scotty Scheffler is going to be in the playoff and then somebody we don't know. And I also think Robert McIntyre from the DP World Tour is getting a top ten. I've picked – I already ready, already picked Ricky Fowler for a top 20. I'm going to take Min Woo Lee with a top 20. Min Woo Lee. There we go. You know what? He, he's he got a special exemption onto the tour this year. He's played well. He has played well in the majors. I was looking at some things earlier. He played Just bad me. last week. Every time he's had a bad week, Leading into the majors, he's come back and played very well in the majors. So has Min has Min Lee even seen a two iron? Does he even know what a two iron is in the bag? Does he does he know how to hit the the the, the stinger? Uh, I, I I don't think that guy has seen a hole that he does not want to hit driver on. You know what? I think he has because he's from Australia. He's been on the DP World Tour. He got special exemption onto the PGA Tour this year. And his sister is one of the top golfers in the world. He's not even the best golfer in his family. His sister's a two-time yeah. major winner. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm taking him for a top 20. And I'm going to throw something else out there that I don't think will probably happen, but I'm going to be cheering for it. DB's throwing and haymakers here. I'm throwing haymakers, man. I'm coming from out of nowhere. I'm taking Ernie Ells to make the cut. Woo! There it is. I got Ernie Els to make the cut. I think we're going to have three guys who have played on the Champions Tour this year, or 
played on the Champions Tour that are going to make the cut this year at the Open Championship. We're going to have Phil Mickelson, Stuart Sink, and Ernie Els all making the cut. John Daly does miss the cut. That's my other Champions Tour guy. But he's always a fan favorite. Unfortunately, he just doesn't make the cut. He just cannot move and compete with these guys. Stuart Sink we see on tour still play PGA Tour events. Phil Mickelson we know can compete. We saw it again this year at the Masters. He makes the cut. Ernie Els has missed five of his last, I think, eight cuts at the at the Open Championship. But he's coming with it. He's bringing the yellow golf ball, and he's making the cut. I am going out there making bold predictions. They're all going to be just dead straight, a little bit shorter. They're going to play that old man golf, and they're going to get that cut. So if we're talking about top tens here of guys that you don't think are going to make a top ten that might end up in there, I got to go with my guy, Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas, he's had a really ridiculous year. He is well below the talent level that he's been playing at. I think at some point he gets it together. Um, Justin Thomas, uh, I, I got him in the top 10 this week. Justin Thomas finishes right around where Ernie Els does for the tournament. I, I just don't see Fair it. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm in the game of bold predictions here for the Open Championship. As far as bold predictions go, I, I mean, I don't think there's – I mean, w- wouldn't Justin Thomas finish in the top ten be a bold prediction at this point with the season he's had? It is a bold prediction. You're right. Yeah. It is. Do you think – what about his buddy Jordan Spieth? Yeah, I love me some Jordan Spieth. I think uh, that's a guy that – I don't know if he's going to really compete for the, uh, the the top echelon, but I would love to see him. I'm going to go with a top 15 finish. Actually, top 20. I'll, I'll say Jordan Spieth ends up in the top 20. Uh, he's been struggling a little bit, but, uh, you know, he's a fellow Texan, and uh, I think he gets it together. Plus, if both of them get it together, you know, Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth, they love each other, and uh, I think they play off each other. So if one's struggling, the other one seems to be struggling this year. You know, if I'm picking uh, Justin Thomas to be a top 10, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Jordan Spieth to be a uh, top 20. So I got Ricky in the top 20. I got Jordan – or Justin, sorry – with Ernie L's down towards the bottom after they make the cut. I will take Jordan Speed to be in the top 10. And the reason I'm going to pair those three guys wow. together is we always see them there. So I'm going to ask you where you're going to take Ricky Fowler. I think Ricky Fowler has had a hell of a year this year, and uh, I think it ends. So I, I, I don't see Ricky Fowler making the cut. Oh, Ricky Fowler missing the cut. Ricky okay. Fowler missing the cut. Man, we are, like you just said, we're throwing some haymakers out here. We're taking bold picks. It's a major championship. So a lot of things happen. And we got a lot of DP World Tour players out there in this one. So I like where we're coming. We've got some big differences here. Um, The course itself, I touched on it a minute ago, is a different golf course than how it played in 2014. So it ended previously five four four five and now it's going to end five four three five with the 17th hole being modeled after the 17th at tpc sawgrass where they play the players championship the island green this is a raised green it's shaved all around it there's pot bunkers everywhere 
well, there's three pot bunkers, so they're not everywhere, but it's designed for everything to roll into the pot bunkers if you miss. It's supposed to be a fun hole. It's what's being talked about the most right now, and it's what you're going to hear your announcers talk about a lot. As well as we have 18 that has internal OB about two yards off of the fairway. I'm hoping we're going to get some fireworks. We'll have some eagle holes, and we'll have some just holes that can beat you up coming down the end if you miss just a hair. Do you think that we go in with a clear-cut winner coming down 18? Or is it more like last year where if Rory birdies, we could be going to a playoff? Cam Smith was up there. Rory was – I think I'd take that back. Rory was probably looking for eagle. But Cam Smith had the lead, came back from behind on Sunday – how do you think this all shakes out towards the end? If you, I mean, you, all you got to do is look at uh, what Charlie looks like. Does Charlie look like Tiger or does Char- Charlie look like Rory? So coming down the stretch, finishing hole, par five. I'm taking my boy Rory McIlroy, the best swing we've ever seen in the history of golf. But do you think Rory kind of pulls it out on 18 or do you think Rory already has a commanding lead coming down the stretch? I don't think you're going to have a commanding lead. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I. I, I um, well, I mean, commanding I mean, probably not the right term, but he has the lead. He just has to not fuck up on 18, and he wins. Yeah, I mean, and if we're talking about not jacking up on on 18, I mean, Roy McIlroy could make birdie from from many different places on that golf course. It, it is a dog leg right, I believe, which doesn't really suit his uh, his ball flight on 18 but uh, I could see him going right over the tent and just with that little draw that big draw that he's got um, and just pounding that thing 340 uh, if you're gonna say like is it gonna be won or lost on 18 no I don't think so I think I think the game I, I, I think I think it gets won or lost I think we're gonna see it on moving day on Saturday that is where you're gonna know where Rory McIlroy's game is and uh, I think it's just time. Like, it, it's too long. Rory is too talented of a golfer uh, for what he has to go this long without winning a major. Like, I can't harp on it long enough. And I'm going to keep picking him until he gets it done because he will get it done. He's the PGA Tour pride, Rory McIlroy. I know he's not American, but, I mean, he might as well be because there's going to be a lot of Americans rooting for him. They are. They're going to be eating their Domino's pizza just like him in celebration. I mean, I'm already eating one right now. Look at you, man. Supporting a good Michigan company. Uh, But anyway, I just think it's going to come down to the wire. I'm cheering for a playoff. I'm taking camp. You've got Rory. We're going to be battling against each other. So that makes it a little bit fun for me. So, DB, with the fellow Rory McRory, Rory McIlroy hater that you are, where does Rory McIlroy end up? In the I, I, like I said, he's going to probably end up in a top five. He's just not going to make the playoff. I really feel he ends up with a top five finish. He's always up in – he is always at the top in a major. There's never really a time where we see him miss a cut at a major anymore We don't see him really outside of a top 20 in a major. He has 
great performances, and he just misses out. I I just think it's the same thing. So, so quick question. Have you ever seen an off-balance swing from Rory McIlroy? No. Have, have we ever seen one? It, does it even exist? It has to exist. I can't recall it. <laughs> I, I guarantee you it fucking exists. There's no golfer who's not had an off-balance swing or just a little bit of a screw-up. Who doesn't want a finishing position like Rory McIlroy? The way he finishes the, that club behind him, I mean, it's just picture perfect, right? I mean, it is like if you if you had a child and you were teaching him how to play golf, it's like this is what a golfer should look like, the way Rory McIlroy swings the golf club. I can't get over it enough. I just love it. It's, it, 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 it's ingrained in me. I love him. Okay. Yeah, I, a lot of people love his swing. I love his swing. It's beautiful to watch, man. I am just not a huge Rory guy. I appreciate his game. I appreciate what he does for golf. For some reason, I think I just don't cheer for him. And I think it started when he first got on tour and all the Tiger Woods comparisons and everything else. And I was such a big Tiger guy. I wasn't rooting for Rory, and then he jumped on the scene and won four majors real quick. He hasn't won one in nine years, and I just rooted against him for that. I didn't want to see anyone surpass Tiger, and I don't think I understood enough that we'll never see anyone surpass Tiger. So So, that's that's where it started. Most aesthetically pleasing golf swing on tour – Number one for me is Rory McIlroy, and number two is Adam Scott, the old Tiger swing. Ooh. That's that 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 that's the top two for me. I would say off the tee, long irons, yes. I have to go, and anything under a six iron or below, I got to go. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa is a cerebral assassin with his irons, man. I, he's won this a couple of years ago. He missed the cut last year. That's somebody we didn't even touch on. I wouldn't be shocked if he competes this year. And I love watching him hit shots from 180 yards in. That's kind of why I picked Cam Smith. Cam Smith is an assassin with his wedges. He's going to stick them close. He's going to be around there. If he misses into a bunker, he'll be able to get out with the short game. But, yeah, Rory and Adam Scott off the tee and with long irons and fairway medals, uh, I'll go with them. As far as, aesthetic, as far as aesthetically pleasing shots like uh, or swings, we're not going with Matthew Wolf. Like, we, I mean, everybody wants a swing like that, don't they? <laughs> I mean, we all love to pull muscles when we swing a golf club. <laughs> I, I, don't have a flex, I don't think I have the flexibility to swing like Matthew Wolf. Now that guy gets the gets the club inside the golf ball is uh, beyond me with that swing. It's almost fun to watch, and then it gets kind of boring. And he's been the subject of a lot lately. So, yeah, he's been struggling. He's been struggling a little bit. I don't even think he's in in the field, is he? No, he's not in the field. His team captain on live is Brooks Kepka, who basically gave up on him. So we'll see what this what his career ends up being. Not everybody can get paid millions of dollars playing seventy two holes a week. 
So, yeah, well, he, he couldn't that. do that either. So he had to go to 54. Oh, 54. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. 72. I'm at, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm thinking we actually are playing real golf here. I forgot live golf is uh, 54 holes. They can't seem to make it that far. It's like we're on the, uh, uh, the, uh, the champions tour here. Or the LPGA in a non-major. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, you know, might as well like move the live, the live tees to the ladies tees, I guess. Not that there's any, anything wrong with playing from the ladies tees with some of these ladies that they've got. Hey, some of these guys need to be playing from the ladies' tees more often. One of my favorite things to see is when a golf course posts, like, if this is what you're scoring, these are the tees you need to play. Follow that. We don't there, there's a lot of golf courses that I there's, – there's a lot of golf courses I might need to be playing from the ladies' tees, honestly. You know what? <laughs> I don't blame you. Yes, sir. Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, really excited about the British Open. Final major of the year. We're really, really, really stoked. Um, there's nothing better than waking up in the morning, getting a uh, hot cup of joe, and uh, sitting down and watching live golf. I love to see it. It just continues. You know, we had Wimbledon, which was a great tournament, and then we uh, roll right into uh, the uh, the Open Championship, as we like to call it. Yeah, also and- call it the British Open because – yeah, that's what I do. It's very American of you. We gotta love that, though. Well, um, I gotta keep it red, white, and blue, baby. We just had July Fourth, so we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're still in July. You know, I didn't even funny? think I didn't I didn't even think they actually had golf over in Europe. Like I thought we we invented that shit. <laughs> we got we got Ryder Cup coming up too, so we're definitely Team America out. Team America, we're doing it. Yeah, we'll have we'll uh, have some good coverage on that coming up in September. September, we got that Ryder Cup, baby. We'll have some coverage we'll, on it. We might even we'll, do a live show, and we'll just get a few cocktails in us and see where that one goes. We'll 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 fit it in and maybe eat us some some uh, some. We'll eat us some chicken parmesan. <laughs> I might have to go with the eggplant with my diet. There you go. But one last thing, I do want to give you guys. I am a little bit annoyed with the PGA Tour. This is the only major that has a PGA Tour event that is an opposite field event. That's going to be the Barracuda Championship. We're not going to talk about it because it's a little disrespectful to the Open. Let's let's keep on to that major. But I'm going to go with Kashmir Keith as a rooting interest. Keith Mitchell to win it. He hasn't won shit, and he hasn't Seem like he's going to win, but I like the guy, and let's cheer for him. You're really throwing me on the spot here, DB. I, I haven't even looked at see what the PGA Tour had going on this week. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to decline to pick at this point because I just don't know. I didn't even know they were even playing that. Yeah, we shouldn't even know. I'm glad you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Open but- Championship, the Claret Jug, uh, I think it's – Probably, I, I say the best, the, the 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 best actual trophy that golf's got. I mean, you don't get one for the Masters. Obviously, they don't have an actual trophy, but uh, I, I'd say the next aesthetically pleasing one would be the PGA Championship uh, trophy that they give out. But the Claret Jug's iconic. To, to quote Cam Smith, you can put a lot of beers in there. You can put a lot of beers in that Claret Jug. But hey, man, I think it's time to wrap this one up. 
we'll call it a night for everybody or a day for you, depending upon when you decide to tune in and listen. Thank you for listening to us. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Any love that you can show, we appreciate. Hit us up on dbintheheb at gmail.com, all spelled out. That's heeb with two E's. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, just keeping this thing going. Love talking sports with uh, me and my boy here, DB. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Anything you guys want to talk about, we got a lot of exciting things coming up. Dog days of summer is ending, and uh, just really looking forward to uh, kicking this thing off. I'm glad where we're at and uh, what we're doing. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better, buddy. Take care. We'll see you guys on Monday.